0: Are there child training principles and methods? There are. There are principles and methods that have worked from antiquity. Join us on Straight Talk with Professor Stacy, and our guest panelist Stephanie. And let's see what these three wonderful ladies have to say, because I'm sure we can all take a little bit of what they have to say and use it in our daily lives.
1: Well, in the last podcast, we brought up the fact about training at an early age. Bad habits can follow you your entire life. But I want to talk about what happens when you, you don't train your children. Mm-hmm. The pressures of the full housework, if you cook, that, along with the pressures of finances, etc., can really be a hassle. As Stacy made mention earlier in the earlier podcast, she trained her children up at an early age. I did the same because I felt like these were habits that were going to change or continue through life. So you don't say it's a chore. You know, it can be a drag and it's not the most enticing thing on the earth. However, it is a responsibility. And when that child is old enough to walk, and eat on their own. They're old enough to pick up after themselves. So start at the early age when they can hold an item, when you say, let's pick up the toys, that you teach them how to pick the toys up. You be there with them and assist them to train them, but it shouldn't take months to train a child, but you oversee that they don't forget anything. Now, one of the things to reduce clutter is not to let all the toys come out of the toy box. The child can't play with all of them at one time. So limit that and keep in mind that you might get in a hurry, have to leave the house. You don't want these things left out so that when you come in, at maybe a late hour that you fall. This can become a very great hazard. So we're gonna talk a little bit about training the children when they're young and then we're gonna come back to some personal life changes. So let's talk about when they're old enough. Now we recently, and we see this all the time. You've got a child that's in a stroller who's able to communicate and demand, has a pacifier in their mouth and controls the family. That precious last baby. You didn't do that for the other two or three or four, but boy, that baby gets away with murder. I think you girls remember seeing this. But what do you want to offer as a tidbit of information? One person said, if I don't let them ride in the stroller, I'll end up carrying them. Do you think that they should be trained early enough to take and contribute to the family as a whole?
2: Oh, I believe they should be um, trained to contribute to the family as a whole. Um, You are a family, um, you're a family unit, and you need to work together. Uh, in, in that situation, it does create, especially if there's older siblings and that one child is getting called and baby and throwing fits and, you know, that creates animosity between the other siblings for that um, younger child because they feel like, you know, they couldn't get away with it. And why would you let this one get away with it? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes the parents don't look at the long-term effect of what they're causing to do to that child and as they go to school they're going to throw a fit and they're getting into fights and you know it just becomes a progressive thing they're going to jail as they get into teenager or whatever sometimes younger kids are going to jail younger now but um they are just you know you're creating a pattern that you don't want those habits to be in that child I know some circumstances you can't. You have to learn to, I would say, kind of adjust and situate due to the child. If the child is handicapped or um, such as autism or different things like that, then you have to kind of figure out what the problem is and how to console that child in a different way. So family
1: units working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, things go by really quick. We talk about the order of birth. Now, I am a middle child. And you would hear all these people say, well, because you're a middle child, this and this and this. No, that's not necessarily so. However, my oldest brother, I adore him. I love him very much. He was the first male in our family. My dad had a hang about the first male of the first male of me, you know, just kind of a generational thing. And he coddled and geared towards my oldest brother. So we knew right off the bat that daddy's pick was my oldest brother. As the middle child, we were only 13 months apart, so obviously mom has us like stair steps, and there's not a lot of extra mom time that we have. And about 16 and a half months later came my little brother. Now my mother loved my little brother and catered to him in all ways. So there were constant battles between daddy's pick and mama's pick. And I would think, why are you fighting? And here I am trying to just exist. And I wasn't getting any training. And I can remember when we received a gift for Christmas of a watch. We'd wanted one really bad. My dad pulled some trickery on us and made it seem like we didn't get it, but we did. And since I was a fast learner, I would assist my older brother in learning to tell time. Now you in this generation don't even know what that's about. You've got digital watches and can't read of hands of a clock, but that's how we had to learn. And I remember helping my brother and he was so gracious. My dad became enraged and told me not to help him. He could do it himself. And I thought, what was wrong with teaching him what these different hands were about? And I'll never forget the hostility that was demonstrated because the perfect son couldn't tell time. That was unjust. Parents understand this in the get-go. Each child is different, different personalities, different characteristics. Maybe they are a little more aggressive or passive. It doesn't matter, but you need to find the beauty of each personality and don't expect them to all be the same. They're not. No two people will be the same when it comes to children. They're gonna pick up attributes, either from the mom, from the dad, perhaps the extended family. So you can think about these values before you start engaging and having a family. You need to find out exactly how you wanna lay that out. Now, as I said, do not show favoritism now joy you're the oldest of the three of you do
0: you feel like that you received some form of favoritism as you were growing up i used to always tell my brother and sister i'm dad's favorite your mom's favorite and you're this one's favorite i can't say we actually received favoritism because one wasn't treated greater than the other my parents never said okay well." I'm gonna get this one, this person, something, and I'm not gonna get you anything like that. No, I can't say we actually received favoritism in any, in that aspect of things. Did you always treat the children exactly equal? If one
1: got a pair of shoes, did you make sure that the others received a pair of shoes? Or did it go according to need?
2: It went towards need. Because one would like the boy would always, you know, he's the more active kind, so he would definitely go through shoes pretty good. So it, it depended on the need. And sometimes if it something was on sale and like if it was a pair of shoes or something, I would get it and then put it away until it the time arises to get them some shoes. If they were came to one needed a pair of shoes, I would look at other things like the other three two girls would need whether it be socks or uh shirts or something like that maybe, you know, but in the same equal amount of money no, though. No, so you be were
1: fair. Yeah. If you bought one yeah. shoes, you might could sure the other. Yeah.
2: Definitely the same. One wouldn't be one more expensive than the other. It would. Now, if they had change left over, they all got, you know, whatever change that we planned on spending for themselves. So
1: What I did with my boys is is they always wanted the more fashionable shoes and we couldn't afford it. So I would tell the boys I have an allowance that is set for these shoes. If you save your money, then you can purchase whatever shoes you want. Now, they were very good at saving their money. Teach them how to control their finances from the early age. And consequently, the boys would come to me and say, Mama, we want this. And I would say, well, that's more than what's on the budget. And they said, but we have our money that we're going to contribute to it. And they did this from early ages. And they learned that Mama was going to pay this. And if they wanted the better one, they would add to it. And that worked extremely well. I never purchased for one that I didn't purchase for the other. Now, in our household, that was not very frequently but I wanted them to know if one needed shoes, I probably had to get the other one a pair of shoes. We need to think about favoritism. Do we neglect one? Now our family, as I was growing up, my brother's birthday was in April, which is tax season. My birthday was in May and my little brother's birthday was in January. Right after Christmas, he was a new year's baby. So my dad decided that the way we would celebrate birthdays as we got older was he would celebrate all the birthdays on one day. And he chose my day, my birthday, in order to do everyone's. Well, my brothers never complained. They never said anything. And it didn't bother me at all because everybody was equally involved in it. But don't, I would say, overcompensate for one, and neglect the other. That breeds hostility, it breeds anger, and fights in the family. I remember raising my boys and I would whisper to my oldest son, you're the most favorite, oldest boy i ever big boy I've ever known, and I love you with all my heart. And I would say because he was the biggest, the best, the better, the 19th, the littlest one, I love you with all of my heart because you're such a sweet, and I would focus the same exact words with the little exception of maybe big or little and they thought all many years that mama loved them best. Now the beauty of it was by the time they made it to school age and they got to comparing notes they said you know what mom says to me and they shared it to each other and so they came to me and said mom you've always made both of us feel like we were the most important in your life. You always stress that. So we never felt an anger or hostility. My boys were so connected that when they played army, they pretended like somebody else was the enemy and they were on the same side. I taught them not to bicker and fight, that was not necessary. I didn't say they completely did away with it, but those were principles that I set in the family. I did not like anger and hostility and fighting. It's like, no, we're not going to do that. Teach your children how to use the proper tone and not a demanding tone. I want to also come back and ask this. When the fights broke out in your home, how did you handle it, Stacy or Barry?
2: They really didn't fight too much. Um, maybe oh, on yeah. occasion that I mean that I'm aware of. I know not they would that. they would argue sometimes, but, but that's the same as yeah. But but <laughs> not. But that was very rare. I mean they they pretty much they read a lot. So. <laughs> they had their disagreements about stuff, but what we all do naturally. But for as in a actual physical uh, fight, compared to the kids you see nowadays. No.
1: Well, I don't want to just make physical fight. I want to talk about arguments. Did you teach your children to listen to one another or just go at each other? I mean, Joy, you were in the midst of that threesome.
0: Tell me, what did you do and how did y'all handle it whenever you disagreed with your siblings? really don't remember us disagreeing like that. But if we did, um, our mom would just listen to what that person has to say first before you just before it becomes an all out altercation. And then after that, I mean, we set our piece and that was it. But I don't remember us as kids ever actually getting into a, a fight or a disagreement or an argument or anything like that. As my mom said, we we read a lot. So it wasn't something that we actually needed to. Yeah, we got
2: I kept them occupied with the libraries and you know, museums. So. Well,
1: and the fact is, that's not what's happening in your life. You don't have that kind of family structure. So you are dealing with kids fighting physically, arguing, getting up in the face, telling you off. This is what you're dealing with. Our situations were different because we structured our life around the principles of God. So we have to talk now about those issues that arise that tells you how to handle it. Yeah, you can say we had perfect situations. That's far. reality. And I know where you're living at today, it's not a reality. It brings and creates a lot of stress. So we're going to get to the more details
0: of the verbal and physical fight in the family on the next podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. This was The Pressures and the Clutter of Life. We hope to see you next time.